The Get It Up podcast is brought to you by Vault Health. Guys, you may not see a doctor very often for all the reasons we know. Time off work, the endless waiting room, the unfulfilling answer from the doctor when you tell him about your one problem. There's another way, Vault Health. Go to vaulthealth.com and find a men's health expert to help you address the things you care about most. Feeling like you're failing in the bedroom, boardroom, and the gym? Are you tired? Is your sex drive gone? Are your muscles hidden by fat you just can't lose? Vault Health is the answer. Visit vaulthealth.com, that's V-A-U-L-T health.com, where you can talk to the doctors who are the experts that know how guys work. Vault Health is specialized healthcare for men and their manhood. Visit vaulthealth.com. That's vaulthealth.com. Please leave your message. Um, okay, so I watch porn um, at least a few hours a week, and I want to know if I'm a porn addict. Um, I don't think I watch more than anybody else. Uh, I guess I just think it messes with my head. Like, um, sometimes I'll really want to do something with my girlfriend that I've seen. And I guess, I don't know if it's like really right. Uh, or sometimes I'll just want to jack off instead of hooking up with someone. I guess, I don't know if this is dumb, but is porn bad for you? This is Get It Up with your hosts. I'm Dr. Miles Spar, men's health expert. I'm Dr. Alex Pastashak, and I'm a dick doc. I'm Jason. I know what you know, nothing about men's health. I'm going to get the answers. Interesting call, I have to say. You know, I think that... Uh, I think the ubiquity of pornography is quite the weapon in in society these days because guys are developing, you know, a complex. I I, I would contend. I, I'm going to go out on a little philosophical binge here. Correct me, Doctor P. Correct me, Doctor Spar. But I'm going to think that guys are 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 getting you know more than their fair share of of stuff that they're seeing online and starting to compare themselves, their size of their dick, how much they they can come, uh, you know what they're supposed to look like physically, what they're supposed to say, how they're supposed to act, that they're getting this 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 mentoring from the worst possible source in the world but porn. Yes, absolutely. It's I mean, just it's got to have a consequence. Yeah, it does, I think, in a lot of ways. I think, you know, one of the things that uh, Dr. P and I were just talking about, even in young, uh, like, college-age boys – um, you know, I don't know how many listeners are familiar with Peggy Orenstein. She wrote this book called Sex and Boys, and there's been articles written about it. And I think it's reflective of all men nowadays. There's a lot of pressure to perform based on what we see in porn and based on Tinder and hookup culture. There's a lot of self-consciousness about how long am I lasting? How good am I? And what's my partner going to report about me on social media or tell their friends about how I did? And What's the expectation of me? Um, and they're watching porn too. So they think, you know, it's going to be a certain way. It's a really easily accessible time for sex, but a really difficult time, I think. 
You know, and I, and I think, you know, Dr. Spar, you, you hit the nail on the head in the sense that the expectations, I think, are changing, particularly for a younger generation of men and women. And, you know, I, I so dick doc, right? So I see a lot of dick problems. And, you know, I have had my fair share of young guys come in with, say, you know, a bent penis or a broken penis. Broken penis? Literally a broken penis? penis. That has got to be the worst thing you could say to me. A broken penis? Yeah, correct. Crooked cock, whatever. These are words you never want to hear put together. It's making you guys cringe. It's like botched circumcision. Just (laughs) (laughs) except except it's self-imposed. And and my point with that is that when you when you talk to this guy in private, you know, the some of these guys are saying that they engage in what we now call eccentric masturbation practices and what that means. So for example, yeah, well, so, so what do you guys consider masturbation? You, you, you grab, you you use Palmola and or Ristina, you know, or both to get the job done, right? (laughs) I had to follow you. Wait, is that, is that what their names are? You you named them? Not me. You can look it up. I've never heard this. There's no Wikipedia on Pamela and Ristina. What are you talking about? You just divulged some very personal. (laughs) No, 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 no. I heard that from somebody else. I heard that from somebody else. Okay. Uh, I think it's hilarious. Pamela brings her friend over like uh, Lubomira. And then... No, but no. My point is that is sort of the traditional model. (laughs) The eccentric model is, you know, young guy gets hard on, rubs himself off against wall or floor, bends and or cracks cock. Okay. I mean, no, I'm I'm serious, right? Who's fucking the floor? There's so many other things you can fuck. You don't need a floor. <laughs> Apple pie. Didn't they see that movie? Apple pie or your American mom's... pie is like generation pre X at this point. You know what I mean? But you know, maybe a coat or something like that. But the floor, I mean, who needs that? You're like going to get yeah, chafed if it's on the down. Co- put a pillow down, at least. Dense. Oh my gosh. All right. So anyway, so Ristina and Lubomira come wait, together. Wait, wait. Go back to, he called it eccentric <laughs> I We've got to go back to eccentric masturbation. Yeah. So we're, we're jacking off eccentrically. So what, what's going on here? Well, I mean, the, po- the point is, you know, you're not looking at traditional ways of stimulating yourself, right? And, you know, and this is directly coming down from different expectations now, in part resulting from expectations generated by the porn industry. Okay. So look, I mean, to me, masturbation, jacking off has been basically the same since I was a kid, I would I would say. I mean, it really hasn't changed. Fundamentally, you know, maybe I'm a traditionalist. You know, I, I don't need the floor. Um, batteries <laughs> and other machinery really hasn't done the trick. Nothing inflatable. I, I you know, generally speaking, I, I think I'm pretty self-contained. And so I tend to think of it as being relatively easy. I, I don't ever think that there's too much of it. I mean, is there such a thing as too much? You know, you've heard the the funny jokes over time. Can you can you can you jack off too much? Is that is that a thing? Is that considered eccentric if it's if it's more than once a day? I don't think that's eccentric. <laughs> you don't you know, know what to think about it, do you? <laughs> I mean, I, is is it bad for you? It's not it, bad yeah, for it, you. No, it, right? No. Maybe a little chafing. Rub, but, yeah, exactly. I, quite, quite honestly, quite honestly. Sorry, I gotta, I gotta geek out for two seconds. There is some evidence that shows that if you don't, it's it's not tightly linked, but it shows that if you don't have orgasms frequently for guys, it may raise your risk down the road of prostate cancer. It may. I knew it. So masturbation so like is lower... actually, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Miles. Yeah, so there's the no number to it. I mean, I, I, you know, there's, 
the lower limit. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you go like two weeks without it, and you're like, it's it's every two weeks that you're gonna get. I mean, what would you? Blood. What kind of prescription would you write for masturbation? For example, it should be like you know five days a week. It should be seven days a week. It should be once in the morning, once at night. It should be like minimum of three times. I mean, you can tell me quickly. I know Doctor Spark can tell me how many days a week I'm supposed to be exercising and doing cardio. Why the hell can't one of you doctors tell me how much I should <laughs> masturbate? Twice a week. That's my recommendation. Twice a week? That's the prescription? Yeah. I think that's the lower lower bound of healthy for your prostate. Okay, for your prostate. But it, that, masturbation, does it do other good things for you? It raises oxytocin levels. And that's good because oxytocin does what? Cuddle drug. I mean, orgasm, orgasms are good for you. They, they reduce stress. You know, they, they raise happy hormone levels. You know, there's nothing bad about orgasms. I mean, they were created for that. <laughs> or that's what I think. <laughs> All right, but somehow we were started with porn, and we. I'm sorry, I got distracted because we <laughs> yeah, talked Jason, about Palmyra and Christina. Like, I, I can't help. Yeah, it. you love that, Jason. I do. I'm so excited that we have these new names. This is great. But we we go back to porn. But porn is a numbing factor. So I'm imagining that people. Um, I mean, there's some crazy stuff. Like there is just some crazy stuff that's that's available. Everything's available. No, nothing's nothing's off limits in porn. So you can imagine your fantasy is available if you go searching for it. And I would imagine that you fulfill your desire by seeing that. And then what happens? Then you no longer, you want it for real then, right? Because you can't recreate what you're seeing probably. Well, no, no, you're right. And 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 I think Dr. Spark can speak to this more because I think he's had he's had a more frequent clientele from that from that uh, <laughs> industry generally. I'm not saying that he's that he's a part of that industry, but <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, no, I yeah, working in LA definitely had a lot of patients working in the biz. And you know, it definitely sets unrealistic expectations all the way around on yourself and on your partner, on what your partner wants and what your partner will do. I often, you know, have to kind of coach my patients about how to have sex in real life if they're also having sex on the screen, um, let alone if they're watching a lot of sex on the screen. And part of that is, you know, explaining to guys, look, the other people in that or the all the people in that are actors um, and many people, whether they're male or female, don't want you to do that to them in real life. They are being told by a producer to do this. So um, it's really important to communicate uh, with your partner in ways that you don't see them communicating before the, the, the what do you call it when the director says, the go, take, the, the take, take. Before the take out, you know, before they start shooting, they discuss what's going to happen in that scene. Well, that's one good thing you can take from porn. Discuss what you want to have happen in that scene or what you want your partner to do and what you don't want them to do. And guys are really scared to have that conversation, but the sex will be better um, if you do that. And help. I don't know if that's not the kind of porn I'm, I don't know that I'm watching professional porn. This may be, this may be a whole other topic because I, you know, that <laughs> amateur stuff, the stuff that's out there, that's like, you know, just the person that's next door probably, or or whoever, wherever Jason, they take are. take the cameras out of your neighbor's house. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> amateur. That is amateur porn, yes. Amateur porn, no, but I mean, I, isn't that, yeah. like, that's different. So, I mean, I get the professional stuff. I mean, when you're seeing a guy, you know, come six miles long and you're like, that's not real, that, that's <laughs> yeah, not happening. Yeah, we've talked about that. That's post-production, yeah. We have that, talked about that in other episodes. That is not real. If you didn't listen to our episode about ejaculation, you should listen to it because they add to the volume and to the velocity and to the distance. I think we learned that, that you don't that a guy that worries about coming at the volume that they're seeing in porn that that would be insane because um, uh, Doctor P, you had said before the average amount of cum that a guy would have is how much? A it's couple like teaspoons a, tops. Couple teaspoons, and that's that would be you know heroic. That's on right? the high. That's high a end. lot. Yeah, that's like yeah. crazy. That's a lot. 
Yeah. And so we heard we all- Marie, our female representation, say it's just a hot mess if it's too much. So it's, <laughs> it's not a hot mess. So, so, that, so that professionally produced porn where you're seeing a guy just like, you know, last forever and come forever and, you know, do everything forever, that's, that's completely produced and that's for the intended – titillation that it is but then for this for this amateur stuff when you're watching stuff you're a straight guy you're watching gay porn you're a gay guy you're watching straight porn you're watching you know like people having sex with whatever inanimate objects animals whatever there's like crazy stuff out there but i I mean i guess we started off the whole the whole thing because of our collar on the idea that you know porn is more exciting than his real life or he's getting numb by porn i mean so how do you it's like an addiction i guess it can be, yeah. There's, you know, sex addiction that definitely can can it can cause that to be a real issue. I, I think that n- the numbing question is really where I was getting to. Is that you know is is this numbing society? Is porn becoming such a you know like I said, this weapon? Is it becoming this thing that actually is setting you up for failure because your your imagination is no longer between you and your partner? It's a, between what you've seen somewhere else and what you're trying to recreate in your head, or the expectations you're trying to recreate from the you know the six minute video that you jacked off to or something. <laughs> I mean, I think I think there's elements of all of that, and it's probably more complicated than that. You know, I think the other thing that we need to put in context is what this means for society, right? And how a few other things that are changing, right? So, you know, younger people now, whether it's influenced by porn or not, are, you know, rating each other publicly, right? This is not something that you know, that used to happen. I mean, you used to have your little quiet gaggle of friends and you'd talk about how good each other is, you know, or how good your boyfriend or girlfriend is on the side, right? You'd never blast it out on, you know, Insta or Facebook or or your favorite platform now to your, you know, 1,500 or 5 million followers. That's number one. Number two, you know, with guys, since we're guys and we're talking about guys, you know, I think the expectations have changed. You know, we've alluded to that. But, you know, you got to wonder if this is driving younger guys to go seek medical support for their sex life. You know, what do you, you got to wonder, well, think about all the young guys, younger than us, so their 20s and 30s, who shouldn't need stuff like Viagra, right? Oh, right, right, right. They're going but to these they're online pharmacies it. and they're getting Viagra. Yes. yes. Yeah, young yeah. guys. I can't tell, like, look, when, when I see a 25-year-old in my clinic who comes in saying, I have ED and has no other issues, meaning like that should be a raging diabetic who has like bona fide bad ED that needs like support, you know, and says, hey, doc, can I get some Viagra? You know, you got to dig in on that. I mean, it's it's not, it's what do very they say? rare. What do, they te- what do they tell you? What are they saying? Well, they, they'll come in and say, hey, you know what? My erections aren't aren't as good as they used to be. And, and you know, you dig under the hood a little bit and you realize that when they, when uh, so guys, guys have erections without, being stimulated several times a day, mostly at night and when they wake up in the morning. I mean, that's the whole concept behind morning wood, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, you know, so if you, have a, if you have a guy who walks into your clinic and says, hey, my erections suck, one of the first questions you ask him is, hey, are you still having morning wood or do you wake up at night with an erection? And the majority of the time, these young guys will tell you, yeah, I wake up with great erections, but then when I want to have sex, they're not as good. Those guys don't. Those guys have a psychogenic component to their erectile dysfunction, right? And they meaning don't what? necessarily meaning, that they're, meaning they're, their they're, body works. Their body works. Okay, you know, they can have they, an erection, but their brain is getting in the way. There's something in their exactly, mind is getting in the way. Exactly. 
you know, and and would can that guy benefit from from Viagra Cialis, Stendra? Yes, they can, but it shouldn't be the crutch that they base the rest of their sexual experiences on moving forward. So, you know, you're thinking about you're thinking about having sex and you're you're you know, you're you're nervous, you get this performance anxiety. That's what I would have defined when you said the psychogenic effect. That's like yes. performance anxiety, right? Yes. Isn't that the simple way to say it? Yes. So you 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 know you want to have a heart on. You know you want to perform, but when it comes down to the moment of it, you got other things going on in your brain and it's slowing you down and you're not getting – you might get an erection, but it's not great. Or, so you're or, thinking you take, I was just saying, or you have an unrealistic expectation of how strong and how long that ele- erection should last. Again, maybe because of porn or because you're worried about right. being evaluated by that partner. You know, It used to be that, yeah, it was embarrassing if you couldn't get it up, but it, it wasn't something that you were so stressed out about every single time that you needed to make sure you had a backup drug. Now there's a backup drug available. So most guys want to have that ready just in case. I tell you what, I've tried just to see, you know, it was all for experimentation for the show. Of course, I've tried one of these drugs (laughs) and it really made me feel like shit. I mean, it really did. It gave me a headache. Uh, I was seeing colors. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know if that's normal or not normal, but it just it didn't make me feel great. And frankly, I'm not you know I don't have an ED issue, and I'm not sure it really did anything for me. Maybe it did, but um, I mean it's not going to give you a bigger dick. It's not going to make you. I mean, it might. I guess it can make you harder, right? And it can make you last longer, but it's not really a. It's it's not really a bigger dick, right? It's like, not this a is solution. Just, no, it's definitely not a bigger dick, and it's also not a long term solution to that type of issue. So you're basically, I mean, if you're numbed down because of other things going on in your brain, you got to get that straightened out before you're worrying about taking pills. That That's what I'm taking from that. It's you, you got to get some control over what matters and what your priorities are, I guess, right? If you're if you're trying to recreate a fantasy, you're not communicating with your partner and you're going to have all this this pent up anxiety, you're probably not going to perform. And so by taking a pill, you're just trying to mask something that really doesn't have to be there to begin with. That's what I'm getting right. from that. Right. Absolutely. Is that fair? It's more yeah, of a crutch. That, it's a crutch. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, that's where it comes back to that communication, I think is a really, really important thing to make sure everyone's on the same page. You know, one of the things I've heard from guys about is that these hookups that you can easily do with online, with Tinder and whatnot, end up not being that fulfilling because it ends up being more like this individual experience you're having with somebody else at the same time, as opposed to a experience together um, and how, and how unfilling that can be, unless you really make it more about something. It doesn't have to be about always romantic love at its you know ultimate, but it can actually be a shared experience, which is going to be more fulfilling than an individual experience you're having with somebody else at the same time. I have to just ask as a, as a, as a complete and total like sidetrack here, do these guys in the, in the porn business, are they, how are they able to stay hard as long as they are? That's just not normal. How, how does that happen? You, you know this. They're your patients, right, Miles? Yeah. Well, usually they're using something called Trimix. So usually they're doing an injected combination, Tri, because it's three different medications. There's also Bimix, which is two different medications. Um, and they inject that with a little needle into the side of their penis. Um, and it's very reliable and works really well uh, and keeps oh, them hard. Can, it, can, it, can anybody get that? With a prescription from an experienced provider that knows what they're doing, yes. Huh, okay. Yeah. I just wanted to know. Sorry, that was a little distraction. That wasn't really what we were talking about, but I'm sure everybody wants to know. Yeah, that's pretty much. I mean, they can. They may be taking some of the pills we just talked about, but this is a little more reliable. Um, but I don't know. I'd, I'd be curious to hear 
Um, Dr. P, I get concerned about peronies or does that stuff actually cause any problems with scar tissue formation? So I think I think it can, yeah. So, you know, like you said, Dr. Sparts, it's an injection into the side of the penis, right? And every time you inject, there's a drop of blood that comes out and that causes an infl- inflammatory reaction which causes scar tissue to form. So over time, absolutely, if you're injecting in the same place over and over and over and over again, which guys tend to do, you can absolutely develop penile curvature, which is called Peyronie's disease, right? Mm. That would be an unintended consequence. Don't need the curve from trying to <laughs> get a hard on. That's just defeatist. I mean, this is like, this is, this is not useful. You can't, by the way, you can't give yourself a curve by masturbating the wrong way, can you? Well, I mean, I think you can, right? It, it, and it, it goes back to our discussion of what is the, what is the right and the wrong way. I don't think you can do it with, um, what were you saying, Ristina and Lubomira? You right? said it. <laughs> no, no, no. I said Palmola and Ristina. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you you threw in the, the Lubomira. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, but, but I mean, certainly, uh, you know, whacking against the, the floor, you can. Yeah, that clearly. But yeah, but I mean, can you pull yourself into a curve or into Peyronie's by, by trying to do it the wrong way? Is that, is that a problem? Can you cause, can you cause issues like that? I think you'd have to be very aggressive to do Got that. It. Yeah. Well, you talked very about aggressive. that before. What'd you call it? Eccentric so. jacking off or eccentric <laughs> masturbation? Eccentric <laughs> masturbation. Never heard of that before. I yes. gotta I've heard share of my new term. Yeah. Excessive, not but eccentric. not eccentric. Jeez. Right. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. So look, I mean, th- this, this whole, is, is there something healthy though about being able to use porn as a way to experience your fantasy? So let's say you are a straight guy and you're kind of fascinated in, 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 in seeing what, you know, two guys do together or, or, you know, you like watching lesbians perform or, you know, I mean, is that, is that, is that fine or is that where you start to go, all right, that's not fine. That's going to cause problems in my relationship and that's going to probably set me up to something that's really worse. I mean, like, is that okay? Should I I first just point out how our producer just nodded when you talked about watching two lesbians or should I not? (laughs) 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 All right. Anyway, Um, sorry. (laughs) No. So, so, you know, we've, we've knocked the porn industry a, a, a fair bit during this podcast, but, but I, you know, fundamentally, I actually don't think there's anything wrong with porn. Um, you know, I, I think it's all in the interpretation, and and it can definitely be used as as a stimulus. I mean, it, it's all in how far people take it. You know, and and I think the purpose of this here is to call out that there can be, for lack of a better word, pathology that comes with watching porn and not contextualizing it. No, I get that, but I think it's I you know, for me at least, I think it's been fascinating over history and you know, it's 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 so accessible if you hear something or you learn something new or you get a new term, you can sort of go look for it and see what it is, you know. I I didn't know once upon a time I didn't know what bukaki was. I didn't even know how to spell that word and I went and googled it and found out what that was and I, I don't need to spill the beans. I think everybody can go search for it if they want to, but I didn't know. And so now I do know and I think there are probably a million other things I don't know and didn't know. But it's interesting to be able to go and sort of, you know, see that and not it's it's hard to ask people those questions. Like, you know, if I asked you what your favorite kind of porn was, you'd be like, yeah, I don't really want to tell you that. That's not how I know you. So, you know, you get to explore for yourself. I don't know if there's something wrong with that. I, I don't think that there is. I mean, what do well, you think? Also exploring it with your partner. I think that's one yeah. positive use of porn. Yeah. I, I've, that can definitely help rekindle some of the spark in relationships where they've been together for a while and sex ends up being kind of the same each time. And um, it's hard to get creative um, or it's hard for one member of the partnership 
to express something that they would like to have done to them without showing it um, to their partner of an example of that. So watching porn together can be a real turn on for couples. But, and I would say, you know, in research, you know, we talk about hypothesis generating research, you know, I think porn is idea generating when it comes to sex. It is definitely idea generating. I think what we've discovered here today is the idea that uh, if not used at least responsibly, it can be a numbing factor on your relationship, maybe. It can be a numbing factor on your erection. <laughs> it could be it could be setting you up for for um, some expectation that you can't deliver on or some feeling that you're not going to be adequate enough for, for your partner. So there is that risk that if you're overusing it or not thinking of it in the right context, you're setting yourself up to feel some, some ambiguity about your own sexuality and your own sexual relationship. So there's some risk. On the other hand, we talked about it can be stimulating. It can be experimental. It can be um, titillating for your relationship too, I suppose. It can be all of those things. But it is at the point that at the point that it's any of that, just being aware that porn and masturbation can all be good like everything else in the appropriate moderation, which we've determined is, um, as, as Dr. Spar said, at least two times a week. But maybe <laughs> as much as um, we know Dr. Daily P PRM. feels it should be like daily and, yeah, daily as prescribed. <laughs> daily as needed. <laughs> but not eccentrically. But not eccentrically. Not on the floor and not on the wall because whoever's doing that should stop immediately. Do not, do not jack off on the wall. Well, you <laughs> just jack off, you know, against the wall, but not anyway. Not into the wall. Work. Not into the wall. It's a whole other show, a whole other conversation. Don't do that. Thanks for listening to another episode of Get It Up. We love to hear from you, our listeners. The best questions are the ones you've been thinking about but haven't asked. So call us, leave us a message. Maybe your question becomes the next episode. 917-267-7631. That's 917-267-7631. This podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services. No doctor-patient relationship is formed from listening to this podcast. The use of this information and the materials linked to in this podcast are at the user's own risk and are not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.